afraid raising the dead ain't within my power. Will it be all right? Should I be afraid? Somewhere in the mountains hereabouts. All she can do is take you straight to hell. You go home and you bury your boy. Some folks will say is how she's got powers. Who are you? Ed Harley. What do you want, Ed Harley? Sad. You're looking for vengeance. Vengeance. Sad. There's no graveyard way back. Deep in them woods. The thing you're looking for is in there. It was an accident. to they call this a movie testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time subscribe to the podcast and itunes and other podcast services by searching they call this a movie we are part of the main naming network and to find more from us check out the website at the mainnaming.com or on twitter facebook and instagram at the main naming we're also now proud a member of geek vibes nation you can find them at gbnation.com welcome back to they call this a movie this is anthony delvecchio with me as always is dan aquino and mark meyer say hello gentlemen hey guys how's it going i don't know what it is but every couple months there's a movie that's chosen for this podcast that I spend the entire movie just wanting to murder one of the people in the movie or see them get murdered. I don't know where this vengeance murder streak comes from, but I think the last time was the movie with the hologram guy. Hologram yeah. man? Hologram man, yeah. yeah. Hologram man, yeah. Yeah, with that one politician that was working with him. Well, yeah. horror movies will do that to you, I think. Yeah. They should. That's the that's the emotion they should bring out of you, no? Yeah. You want to root yeah. for the killer. We're gonna teach. We're gonna teach you what it's like to watch horror movies, there, Mark. Oh, One day so you're, you'll figure it out, and yeah, you're gonna oh, love it. This is it. Yeah, it's gonna be like Galaxy Brain on you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we like the Tim and Eric skit. <laughs> Before we get into this week's movie, what did you guys watch this week? I am going full bore into spooky season, as we've been calling it now. So I watched Fright Night, the original Fright Night. I watched this movie. It's a Korean movie called Hashtag Alive. It's a zombie movie. Not as good as Train to Busan, but it has its moments. It's pretty good. The uh, The zombies are pretty frightening in it. Is that the sequel to it? No, no but there is a sequel to it. I forget what the name is, but it, mm. that's more along the lines of how Aliens was action-y, right? It was like an action movie instead of Alien, which is the suspense, the suspenseful horror. That's what this sequel to Train to Busan looks like, right? Have you seen the trailer? I haven't watched it yet. It's like the the army's involved in it. Shit's blowing up all over the place. I'm not really sure if I want to see that or not. It, it doesn't even feel like a Train to Busan sequel. Gotcha. I think there was one more that I... Oh, uh, 
Behind the Mask, Rise of Leslie Vernon. That's my second good time one. watching it. Very good. I dig that movie. Yeah. I think you were the one who brought that up to me years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, it's probably been like 10 years since I've seen it. I, it's worth the rewatch. It's a lot of fun. It's cool because there are two people in that movie that I recognized. I didn't, obviously, back in the day, but the the woman who is documenting it is the sister from Home Alone. She's the one who oh. calls Kevin laissez compétent. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And the old man from The Walking Dead, the farmer, okay. is in it. Merle? I can't remember. Not Merle. Uh, no, no. Own the farm. Yeah. Herschel. 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 Yep. I was going to yeah. say, it's a Bible name. Yep. He is Leslie Vernon's like mentor in it. Yeah. I vaguely remember him being in that, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty good, it, but it's just a fun movie. Uh, it kind of deals with the inner workings of, not to spoil anything for anyone listening, but it's kind of uh, behind the scenes of how a classic slasher villain operates. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's really cool. It's very tongue-in-cheek at times. It's definitely worth the watch. What about you, Mark? Yeah, so I dove into uh, some more video game documentaries after our crossover with the Game Vault pod. I watched most of the long ones that the gaming historian put out there, which actually happened to have a little piece of one of them was about that era I was talking about on that podcast of the mid-90s to early 2000s Sega. So I got my wish watching that. Still went a little bit longer, but it was funny watching, because I know you had seen said in the past and listening back to old episodes of this, it was fun watching his thing because if he went through the playlist, he didn't put them in like year order. I think he puts them by like importance order. So you'll get some videos from like 2013 and just see the quality of video and his presentation completely change from video to video. So it was pretty interesting seeing going through that with all the topics at hand. But yeah, that was about it. I've had I've watched those in the the little bit of free time that I've had just because uh, I don't know why I haven't watched them in the past. But he's a very straightforward thing. And he even does a cool thing where he uh, he did a video where he pointed out, like basically correct it some of the couple of the docs um, that he had information wrong in. For those of you that didn't listen to the other podcast, just I recommend if you like gaming stuff, they're short little bite size under an hour documentary things. If you have any interest, go check that out. But that's about all I watch. Okay. Yes. As Dan mentioned, I'm also right in the middle of spooky season as should be evident with this podcast because we're in the middle of spooky season with this podcast as well. But I started the year, besides watching our first movie, Phantasm, if you go onto the maindamie.com, you should see articles that have gone up already. So I've watched so far, at the time of this recording, watched our first movie of October, 31 Days of Horror, was Brain Damage, which I followed up with Wishmaster, and 976 Evil Part 2. All them, A lot of numbers the, in that. Yeah, right. So of the three, the best one is Brain Damage. Wishmaster is very campy. I was so surprised that it actually got a a theatrical release because it felt very much like a straight-to-video movie. 976 Evil, kind of the same thing. I was surprised. But the major thing that I watched, which was probably the heaviest thing, not like heavy in terms of darkest, but uh, I watched a a four-and-a-half-hour documentary called In Search of Darkness, which is on Prime, I believe, or Shudder. Might be a Shutter exclusive, but it basically goes year to year throughout the 80s from 1980 to 1989 and just basically touches upon every single horror release or every major horror release of that particular year. And they have 
tons of interviews with a whole bunch of people. Tom Atkins, John Carpenter, Doug Bradley, basically anybody that you could expect hearing from during that that era. Jeffrey Combs, Barbara Crampton, Sean Cunningham, Joe Dante, Keith David's in it. Just a whole bunch of people that you've seen in a ton of movies. It's interesting, but again, it's one of those movies. It's one of those overmember oh, this movie kind of movies where it's just it goes surface level throughout each of them so it's fun to see two three minutes on each movie but if you've watched any documentaries on horror movies or specifically about the 80s horror movies you're really not going to learn anything more but it's it was fun like kind of background stuff like i was doing other things while i was cooking i was just having it on i was like oh now they're talking about night of the creeps cool and here's tom atkins being awesome <laughs> is is this when was this released 2019 okay so it these are recent interviews right yeah very cool. recent i'm assuming that these were all these were all interviews done for specifically this documentary i'm not sure if it was just archival stuff but it seemed mostly like they were fresh sat down tom atkins has his shock of white hair now he still looks good i think he's in his 80s at this point I was surprised John Carpenter did an interview. Just I, I feel like, you know, he's kind of doesn't need to do these sort of interviews anymore, but he still seems interested in, in talking about the shit that he did in the 80s. That's good. I, I think that helps a younger audience who may not have known his work or necessarily that he did it. So, yeah, I think that's a I think it's a good idea to keep keep bringing him out while you can, I guess, while he's still around and able to do these things. Uh, it's good to see these guys still doing interviews, uh, especially Atkins and John Carpenter. I, I'm glad they're still doing interviews, hopefully getting younger audiences into yeah. their movies. Obviously, not a lot of people have probably seen like Halloween 3, Night of the Creeps, and those are solid horror movies. So hopefully a lot of people are watching this documentary that you were talking about. And yeah. I hope that they get into some of these cult classic movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know Carpenter stays active with like he like goes on tour and like performs his music. Oh, okay. So I know he's still pretty active, still kicking around. But yeah, that's all I watched except for this week's movie. And this week's movie was Dan's pick, although I don't think Dan officially picked it, but I'll let him kind of introduce his movie. Yeah, as you mentioned, I didn't necessarily pick this movie. My wife Jen did. So she is also a big horror movie fan and I wanted her to get a movie in because she, you know, she's a big supporter of us and I love her. I've grown quite fond of her. So, sure. And, and it was a good movie. So I figured why the hell not? I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll throw her a bone here. So we picked Pumpkinhead, the, another cult classic, I would say, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Although I should mention that this is the second time. Jen has picked the movie and refused to join the podcast to talk about this movie. Which is weird. I mean, she has her own podcast. You would think she'd feel comfortable. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe, I don't know, maybe she just doesn't like our, our like the way we run things here. I don't know. Tell her what the fuck's up. Yeah. I mean, what was the first one? Rubber, right? Rubber. Yeah, she was yeah. up our ass to do Rubber. Yeah. The one podcast she was it. on was Sonic the Hedgehog, and she begrudgingly <laughs> did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know what? I think it's me, if anything, nope. because obviously it's not Mark. She does the podcast with Mark, and yeah. or maybe it's you, Ant. I don't know. I don't know. No one's been more unhappy on this show than Jen was for Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> well, she didn't like that movie to begin with, so yeah. she. I kind of dragged her to see Sonic, and I did it under the guise of, oh, we could do a crossover with Game Ball Pod. It'll be great. And I'm like, I don't want to see this. Man, so, I, I wish I knew that's how we we got that together because i didn't want to really see it either 
<laughs> well, I I had wanted to see it to because growing up I liked Sonic and it just seemed like it was one of those movies where not not to derail too much but they the, the fans kind of complained about how his his original design was so the studio went back changed it like you know what I feel like they did that for the fans so I, I'm gonna cut him some slack here I'll go see it and I had heard Jim Carrey was pretty funny in it debatable but I overall I enjoyed that movie okay a pumpkin head yes pumpkin head pumpkin head Okay, so uh, Mark, let's go with you first. Yeah. What's your experience with Pumpkinhead? As with most movies we'll watch, unless it was something really mainstream, I never really saw it before or really heard about it. I will say I was more into this movie in the opening scene than I was at any point during the last movie. So that was a good step up. This was more up my alley in terms of the type of horror that I like sitting through and watching. That was about it. I went in completely blind, like I do most of the time. And this time I actually was getting upset because uh, Prime kind of screwed me and I had to watch it another way. And I kept getting French ads for Kleenex coming through it. So I was getting really mad about the commercials because I wanted to get back to the movie. So I think that's a positive for it. <laughs> what was the name of the Kleenex? No, it was Kleenex. Oh, but it was French just ad. Kleenex. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I thought it was the, equi- the French equivalent Wait, of Kleenex. Le Kleenex? Le, le Kleenex. <laughs> Dan, what's what's your experience with this? I've seen Pumpkinhead numerous times. I like this movie a lot. Stan Winston directed this movie as well as made the titular monster. And he's such a great creator. And this movie really kind of harkens back to like the set pieces of like the 30s and 40s horror movies where it's really dark and like foggy. The set pieces in this movie are awesome. The swamp, the woods. It's just, it's such an underrated movie. I don't think it gets enough love when we talk about classic monsters in horror movies. Obviously, you get the uh, the Jasons, the Freddies, Godzilla, whoever, but not no one really talks about Pumpkinhead. So I hope we can kind of make people at least enjoy this movie and this monster because it's it's a very creative monster. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I had seen this once before, and I watched it for 31 Days of Horror back three years ago, and I had the same kind of feelings for you. It's great. It's it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. It's what I yep. what I said it in my review because not much not much gore, not much sex and nudity in terms of that, n- nearly none. This would be a perfect starter horror movie for someone that's around. 11 or 12 that's trying that's really starting to get interested in like the scarier stuff and they want something that's maybe a little more hardcore than hocus pocus or halloween town you know they're trying to push their limits a little bit so this is i think this is a perfect movie for that because there's no like i said there's no sex like this the sexiest thing is lance henriksen in this <laughs> he's got he, no business being this sexy he turns <laughs> up the heat man <laughs> the first shot you see of him he's he he's shirtless sweaty and tan Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's, the sex appeal is all right at, in Hen- Henriksen, <laughs> uh, which is weird because he's, he's never been anywhere near as sexy in any movie he's in. I can't imagine. Not, I mean, well, I didn't he was in Aliens, up, right? I didn't grow up with a Lance Henriksen poster on my wall, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah I don't Th- think many women did the same either. <laughs> Doesn't he literally start the movie with a flamethrower? No, he, he brings the flamethrower. with the frame, flamethrower. Yeah. I thought he like lit a brush on fire or something, and that's how they he was introduced. Well, Maybe I, I thought he had a shovel. 
I can't uh, remember yeah. now. At I one watched, point, it, I watched has, it like four hours ago. <laughs> at one point, he's hosing down some stuff with no shirt on, uh, and then I, his son uh, kind of playfully sprays him. Oh, I don't remember. His, yeah. But we anyway. We were all distracted, so we couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't know what he's doing, but I'm glad he's doing it without a shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he... He was farm boy strong, all right? Yeah. It's just like he worked the fields every day. He had his own little podunk shop. So yeah. he was he was a man of the earth. I love how this movie, it's supposed to be present day. Well, 1988, but like people are stuck in the fucking dust bowl. Oh, right. <laughs> like the Wallace crew comes off and they're all sepia toned. <laughs> I, I don't think people really like lived like that at that point in the, because this was 88, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, yes, I don't think there was many backwoods kind of people like that. No, uh, it was just like it was like someone wrote this like fuck. What do fucking hay seeds look like in <laughs> nowhere America right now? Yeah, this is this is what I imagine somebody in Appalachia looks like. <laughs> I'm shocked that no one was named Jim Bob in this movie. <laughs> it was all caked in dirt. <laughs> yeah, like, haven't seen clean water for months. Yeah, nine yeah. kids sharing the same bedroom. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, what is this? <laughs> I don't think anyone did that. It's I mean, like the fucking Jodes. Right, I mean, essentially, they still lived in the Wild West. <laughs> this was the 1800s. Yeah. Yeah, I, go to town I mean, the, to look for a phone. Yeah, the, <laughs> right. the closest of anything that could have been similar in 1988 is maybe it still looked like, like it wasn't like paved roads or something like that. Sure. Like that it was all dirt roads. I've seen some of that driving through where my family has places in North Carolina. You know, you drive past and it's like, oh, turn off the dirt road here to get to mm -hmm. a couple things here. But yeah, it, the fact that it looks like an an uh, old west mining town, yeah. like they're they've been they're like searching for gold out there while the <laughs> pumpkin head stops them. It's just a a constant layer of dirt is in the air. <laughs> yeah. Right, it never yeah, settles. A certain person from our uh, another movie would have been right at home in this place. Oh yeah, <laughs> dirty <laughs> Dan. Or Dirty yeah. D, not Dirty Dan. I love the monster work on this. As you mentioned, Stan oh. Winston directs this, and the monster work is phenomenal. Yeah, like the puppetry that they do. Again, that, that's like a lost art. You don't see that in monster movies anymore. I mean, now it's all paranormal, right? It, like Annabelle, Conjuring, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. It's all paranormal. So you don't really get the monster movie as much. Slashers are starting to kind of come back, I think. This stuff... You don't see pumpkin head monsters. You don't see any of that. So it's kind of it kind of sucks. And I and I get it. I feel like a lot of audiences don't want to see that. But one of the things that I've always been drawn to with these sorts of movies, and even when I said uh, earlier I watched Fright Night, they do some puppetry work in that. It's those effects are kind of what make the movie. Sure. Yeah. And they're not shy about showing it either. Right. Nowadays, I don't think Pumpkinhead is going to really, it's not going to draw people's attention, right? With, you know, you have the Marvel movies going on and all that. So yeah, the special would, effects are obviously yeah. much better. Yeah, it would be a little bit, it would be CGI. Oh, There'd yeah. be things dripping out of his mouth. And, and he would look you know. way worse. Yeah. That's the problem. I think, so I think you, the reveal. You don't get that realism. The reveal is a little more skin crawling, sort mm -hmm. of, than like laughing at it, which is kind of rare with practical monsters mm -hmm. you know it's just sometimes in the, in the suits they don't look sometimes they look really bad right you know when they do but like, this is a full reveal and i'm like that thing is scary stan winston did jurassic park as well i believe right 
Oh, he's got a, a bunch. We'll just get yeah. to it. Pumpkinhead from 1988, directed by Stan Winston. He's only directed one other feature-length film, and it was called A uh, Gnome Named Norm, starring Anthony Michael Hall and Jerry Orbach. And he is the special effects wizard behind Predator, Aliens, The Terminator series, Jurassic Park series, Galaxy Quest, Constantine, Iron Man, as well as many others. That's a resume you can't even compete with. The Xenomorph was more him features to this creature was more because he did did aliens more than copying yep. you can even tell that pumpkin head kind of well I, I won't say it looks like this because it came out earlier but the alien in was it alien resurrection mm-hmm. looks sort of like pumpkin head sure i'm sure it's, he geiger inspired mm-hmm. yeah, yeah but definitely. i mean those creations the terminator skeleton the t-rex mm-hmm. like, those are so much better than anything that's been put out Jurassic World, the the other Terminator movies, the the new Predator movies, those all suck. They all look <laughs> terrible. You get yeah. the actual puppetry, the costumes. Like, tell me that the T Rex in the first Jurassic Park looks better than any of the other dinosaurs in any of the other movies. Oh, 100 percent. I think that's I think that's where special effects peaked. Was the first Jurassic Park? It's a good call. It's a very good yeah. call. It stars Lance motherfucking Hendrickson, Jeff East, John D'Aquino, so Dan's brethren, yep. Kimberly Ross, Joel Hoffman, Cynthia Bain, Carrie Remsen, Florence Schaufer, Brian Bemmer, and George Buck Flower. IMDb score of 6.2 and a Rotten Tomato score of 65%. Budget, 3.5 million. Box office, 4.38 million. Do you think John D'Aquino gets confused with John D'Aquino? I Maybe think just has to constantly like me. Like, do I call you John D'Aquino or John D'Aquino? I'm like, I, I don't care, man. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. And also, I found out through the IMDb that a small role by a one blossom, Miam Bialik, she plays yeah. a Wallace kid. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Blink and you cool. miss it. Did you know that there's a guy named Dick Warlock in this movie? Yes. Yeah, so well, Dick that's Warlock. a future NPC. Dick yeah. Warlock <laughs> is somebody. Clayton somebody. Heller. But like he he's oh, actually, Michael Myers. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, he's Michael yeah. Myers. Yeah, his IMDb photo is him holding up Laurie Strode. Yeah, that's he's a cool. he's a stuntman. Yeah, he was in Escape from New York. He was in stuff. Firestarter and The Abyss. Yep. Nice. Look at that. This is the cool stuff, man. Like all these guys kind of get around in the horror game, it seems. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much more to talk about before we get into the plot. Do you? That's no, I, again, I'm just, I'm, I'm hoping we do this movie justice. I love this movie. It's a good one. What do you got for us, Dan, before we go into break? All right. So I like to point out our good friend Tia and her podcast, The Top Ten with Tia. It's a weekly podcast where Tia and her friends get together. It's on Geek Vibes Nation. They do their top ten lists. So I'm hoping for spooky season, we're doing top ten spooky movies or spooky characters. If she does anything other than horror, I'm denouncing her. And I'm putting you on notice, Tia, right now. It's got to be all horror-themed. But yeah, go check her out, Geek Vibes Nation. You can follow her on Twitter, TC underscore Stark. She's an awesome person, a good friend of the podcast, and just a, just a pleasure to talk to and be around. So go give her a follow, go listen. Okay, yeah, and we're going to take a quick break. But before we do, we're going to take a step back, listen to some messages from friends of the podcast. So we will be right back. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parley Hour podcast. 
Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoGuroParleyHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and parlay points are a companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Welcome, travelers. Seems like you're looking for a story. Well, I got one for you. It involves adventure, friendship, and all hey, sorts hey, of... Hey, uh, Earl, why don't you tell them about that time I stole that big-ass melon? Yeah, yeah, I, I was going for more... Or you epic. could tell them about the time I kicked her ass, Earl. I wouldn't ever tell them Do I need to get time. my ref gear on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me as I tell you a story from afar. Hey everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A From Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance, brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks. And welcome back. And now it's time to get into the plot for Pumpkinhead. We open in 1957 and we get a scene with a hayseed family in a cabin who probably don't know the depression is over. <laughs> Mom and son pray as the dad prepares his rifle and steps outside. He heads to his truck, then to the barn to grab one of the horses, which he then locks into the barn. Why he does any of this, I have no idea. But he then heads back inside of the cabin and barricades that door behind him. Meanwhile, another guy runs around in the woods, running away from some unseen entity through the woods and then through a cornfield. The man outside makes it out to outside the cabin and begs for the dad, whose name is Tom, to let him in the cabin. His wife pleads with him, but he says that he can't. This has nothing to do with them. And then the unseen entity comes. The kid looks outside and we get a glimpse of... That unseen entity, which is Pumpkinhead, as it takes the outside man away. We then cut to present day, 1988, in a sexy Lance Henriksen. I, just to cut back, girl, I think after watching the movie, that opening scene stuff with the horse makes slightly more sense, because you he doesn't want the person coming, running away from Pumpkinhead to steal his horse. He had, like, other horses outside, though. Oh, I only <laughs> know, I only saw the one. I had bad quality. He picked his favorite. I, I, give, <laughs> I give this movie credit. It's one of the first movies we've watched that actually where the characters care for their animals, right? Because <laughs> later on in the movie, they're like, oh, well, what about the hogs, Pa? Like, oh, it's not going to come after anything it doesn't want to get. So it's like, oh, OK, well, at least they care. You know, that's yeah. their livelihood. I get it. We'll so get to it just... when Ant gets to it. But there was a moment where I thought, oh, no, not again for a movie we chose. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get to that. So we cut to present day 1988 and a sexy Lance Henriksen. He's the boy from the previous scene, all grown up. And he's got a boy of his own and a dog named Gypsy. And they wash up outside and they're heading for breakfast. And they still might not know the depression is over. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's not the same That FDR is a good president. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, the the war is over. The cabin hasn't changed in 35 years. He hasn't living that way. He doesn't have, like, electricity, it doesn't seem. Right. Yeah, I mean, the place is a mess. I think the only luxury they have is the kitchen table. Kitchen table and dad's stories. That's right. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I couldn't imagine living that way. Even in 1988, you would have to have some something of, you know, some type of electricity in there, no? Like a radio. <laughs> right, at least, yeah, something. A, a, vo- a voxophone, something to listen to something. <laughs> it's more primitive than you need to be in 1988. Right. Assume, I mean, uh, assuming simple, it's 1988. But I, there's the I, simple I guess, life, but that's just 
beyond the simple. That's like the boring, yeah. mundane life. I guess it has to be because it says present day. So right, it's yeah. made in '88. Yeah. It's not like present day, by which we mean 1976. Right. <laughs> well, this movie, this movie came out a year before the Batman movie. Like Lance Henriksen, his character would never know to go see that movie. Right? They don't have movie theaters out there. They, they missed don't. out on a great performance. Yeah. What are you, what, what are you talking? These moving pictures. <laughs> well, he probably would have like thought it, like it would capture the his devil. Soul. It's the devil. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No <laughs> pictures allowed. You can't take pictures because that that'll trap your soul. And the, the kids even say something along those lines, right? Well, one of the kids is like, "What's that?" It's like, right. It's like, Jesus camera. Christ. It's 88. When you guys, I mean, you see where they live, and they're they're so far disconnected from the world. But yeah. is that even possible? I like. It's I a little unrealistic. Yeah. Right. I understand that there are tribes in like other countries that haven't been exposed to civilization, but this is America. I'm sure at one point someone would have came and found you guys. <laughs> yeah. City folk. That's what they, they call it. City folk. <laughs> city folk. Anyone like, who's not a hayseed is a city folk. Yeah. It's like going up to the Poconos, like from where we are, <laughs> and just being like being transported 60 years in the past. Right. I wonder if there's like a, a town that's maybe a town or two over mm. where they have luxuries. You know, they, they have television, just electricity and like these people look down on them. You guys got unleaded gas here? <laughs> <laughs> At breakfast, Billy, the boy, gives his dad a necklace he made himself. And then the necklace. And then the dad tells him a story. Then we get a scene with your standard group of 80s, 20-year-olds heading towards the cabin, including an asshole in a convertible that drinks beer as he drives. Then sexy Lance Henriksen, known as Ed, and his son open up their general store for the morning. We get a little montage of them just having fun opening up the store. We like to call that the nothing bad's going to happen to us montage. Yeah. yeah. Just We're going to live long lives. Look how cute this kid is. Right. Yeah. Little well, Coke bottle glasses. Oh, man. I love how somehow like this the this town, these characters are so disconnected from the world. But somehow he realizes that that joke that's made at his expense. Look at those Coke bottle glasses. What the fuck did you just say to my kid? <laughs> you don't have, you probably don't even know what Coke is. It's still got cocaine in it. This is... <laughs> <laughs> right. You mean that miracle drug? <laughs> it helps your headache? I take it with my Bayer heroin. <laughs> this black tar heroin. <laughs> they, they definitely have moonshine there, right? Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Right. I mean, that's a given. There's none that won't make you go blind. <laughs> right. That, that's like 200% alcohol. So these asshole kids, they stop at a general store and the convertible asshole makes fun of the kid's glasses as the kid tries to stop his dog Gypsy from barking and attacking him. And then he makes he just calls him Coke bottle glasses and the kid feels upset about it. Right. I mean, how does he know again? Like, oh, maybe that's a compliment. Yeah. He's complimenting my glasses, daddy. I think he gets tone regardless of if he's yeah. from 1937. Look at yeah, this kid's glasses. don't like that guy. <laughs> yeah. So Joel is the asshole, and he hates everyone so much that he can't stand to be at the store, so he pulls his bike off the truck and just goes off-roading with it like an idiot. <laughs> no one does that, right? No normal person would do that. What are you guys going to take 10 minutes to get stuff for, for our trip? I'm going to go take this bike down and then ride around for a half an hour. Right. Do some sick tricks. <laughs> He's a dick. That's like above and beyond a dickhead move. Yeah. They had to get the point across before he hits the kid that this guy you don't like. Right. And he, this guy, to be fair, 
he really does go out of his way to be a dickhead. Yes. Like most people are just dickheads, you know, on purpose, regardless, because of circumstance. This guy, he makes that circumstance happen. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to drink and some beer and then throw the can all over I'm gonna, like, into the dirt. I'm going to commit as many crimes in an hour as I possibly can. Yeah. I'm going to break the record for crimes committed. I couldn't decide if I wanted to see him die by the hands of the monster, whatever was coming up in this movie, or make him watch all of his other friends die. That's my one you gripe know. with this movie. I think the wrong people die early. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The problem with this movie is, like you said, they're generic 20-year-old characters in horror movies. They don't really flesh out anyone other than Joel, who, as we said, is a dickhead. Everyone else is just kind of, you have the screaming, whiny female character who's basically useless. Then you have the last girl. But then you have this other guy who's kind of like a, a yuppie, and you don't really know anything about him. And I, I don't think he should have been one of the last ones around. I think Joel should have been around longer than he is. But he's, we can, he's the last one to die in their in their friend group. It should have been him and, what was it, uh, Tracy, I think? Tracy, yeah. Yeah, it should have been Joel and Tracy are the last ones. And then again, you follow that formula where Tracy is the last one alive. Yeah, I guess I, guess I feel for Chris because he got blindsided by a log. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then trapped right. in the bathroom for six hours. Right. And that's, yeah, Joel kind of goes out of his way to be a dick about things. You know, like, you really have to trap him in the closet. Did you have to hit him over the head? Yeah. yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> He's like, he didn't murder, like, it's like murder Chris. Right. In the back of the head. Right. He definitely could have just brained him right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just see his, like, leg shake after he hits the crap. <laughs> right. Oh my god, I've done it again. <laughs> this time on purpose. <laughs> the problem with this movie is that what happens is an accident, but it's not played as an accident. Mm. Well, that's because Joel makes it yeah. feel right. like it's not an accident. Right. Yeah, again, he goes above and beyond to make things worse. Like, oh, like he's on probation. Like, All right, man, no one's going to throw you in the fucking clink because it was an accident. Right. But he yeah. does say he's been drinking. The nearest police station is probably 10 hours away. Oh, yeah. No, this is sheriff territory. He could rot in the sheriff's office. <laughs> That's a good point. You, yeah, you basically, you go away for just not being from that town. You're a long way from the city, boy. Where are you from? Oh, yeah. Big New York City? I, I seem to have misplaced your, your papers. <laughs> uh, you have no record of that boy being ever in this jail. <laughs> We just solved all the crimes in New York City. So then a dirty family from the Grapes of Wrath show up in a pickup truck. <laughs> one of the kids played by Blossom herself, me and Bialik. And then one of the kids tries to take the ball from Billy and Gypsy. So his older brothers and sisters tease him about Pumpkinhead coming and taking him away. Classic hayseed tomfoolery. So this is the scene I was talking about where I thought the kid was going to throw the ball into the road and the dog was going to get hit by a car. They do a good job of pretending that it's the dog who's going to get it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was funny because we're watching it, and, and Jen, have, uh, Jen and I have seen this plenty of times, but she's like, oh, no, the dog. <laughs> like, oh, thank God, it's just the kid. All right. <laughs> oh, God, I was worried for a second that the dog would, would, uh, would get run over. Yeah. <laughs> so then the Dirt family's granddad is inside with Ed, and he asks if he's got his feed, but Ed says, oh, shit, I forgot. So Ed says that he'll, he'll do him one better. He'll drive the feed right up to the guy's place so meanwhile the asshole's brother then decides that he has to start driving his bike around too because quote unquote he's my brother 
which <laughs> is the flimsiest of excuses for these two idiots to just go riding around on bikes. You think the younger brother did that throughout his entire life? Oh, absolutely. I, I right. think I think everyone makes excuses for Joel. That's yeah. why Joel is the way he is. Like, oh, he's committing tax fraud. Well, I got to do it too. That's my brother. <laughs> you don't have to do everything Joel does, man. Be your own person. Yeah, I think I think Joel. People make excuses for Joel for being a shithead because they from the beginning, the first like the yeah. first lines out of this out of this crew is that Joel's an asshole, but he's he's a good guy if you get to know him. That's the first no. thing that somebody says. That's never a good sign. Yeah. If someone ha- and you know what? I feel like you guys have said that about me before. Well, Dan's an okay guy if you get to know him. <laughs> but he, I mean, I could totally tell that he's an asshole. Like if you don't get to know him, but once me, you get to know him, he's fine. Me or Joel? Oh, uh, Joel, totally. Uh, I was talking about Joel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you never want to. You never want to be the guy who is. If you get to know him, he's cool. You should just be like. You're cool. You should get that vibe from someone immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Because if people automatically think you're an asshole immediately, that's probably because you're an asshole. Right. You've done something asshole-ish. Yeah. Then Ed tells Billy to stay in the store with Gypsy while he's gone and not to move. And then they're going to, once he gets back, they'll drive up to the Walls' house and drop off to feed. So after Ed leaves, Gypsy immediately runs out of the store towards the bikes. So Billy chases after Gypsy, running, rushing past four adults three of which don't think twice about a kid running towards two bikes flying around off-road. Maggie is the only one that tries to stop the boy, but she's impossibly slow and can't catch the kid. <laughs> if she's running, like, three-quarters his speed. She's <laughs> running, like, in, like, wet cement, just, like, up <laughs> yeah. to her knees. Little boy, stop! Yeah, the others are like Willy Wonka. No, please, stop, don't. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's a kid that just rushed past me. I shouldn't have just grabbed him when I had the chance. <laughs> right. He's already He's already over there. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> Come on, cut me some slack, man. I'm from the city. We don't exercise there. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Then while his brother just narrowly misses Billy, Joel, the asshole, crashes into the kid. And all the other kids all rush to attend to Billy, but Joel packs up his bike, puts it back on the truck, and drives off with his girlfriend, saying that he's been drinking, and they would let, they would fry, basically. they let him fry if they, call, if he, they waited for the cops. So Joel drives off in his car with his girlfriend. Then Steve, Joel's brother, goes to the store to see if Ed is there. He comes back when he doesn't find him. So Steve tells the rest of them to go to the cabin and call for help, and he'll wait for Ed to come back. So the others drive off, and shortly after, Ed comes back to the store and doesn't find Billy in the store. So he goes to look for him and finds Steve and Gypsy waiting beside Billy's dead body. Ed takes Billy's body without saying a word. Steve tries to tell him that it was an accident, and Ed gives him the biggest death stare of all time. <laughs> I love how Steve just gives him the glasses. Thank you. Here That's you go, so man. <laughs> this will make it all better, right? We're cool. <laughs> Sorry about your son. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Total accident. See you later. I got to go party. Maggie and Tracy make to the cabin and find Joel and Kim there, but they haven't called for help. And then Tracy goes to use the phone and Joel pulls the phone cord out of the wall and takes her keys from her. Kim says that Joel is on probation from a previous accident and he'd go to jail if they called the cops. Maybe he should just stop driving. Maybe he'd get his license taken away. This is the 80s, man. Yeah. That's like, you take away a kid's car, that's like taking away his manhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? You I'm just gotta cut be my able dick to... off while you're at it, bro. <laughs> right. right. That, yeah, that's his God-given American right to yeah. drink and drive, all right? Boys will be boys. It, oh, he's a 100% a boys will be boys guy. <laughs> he's a Saturdays for the boys kind oh, of guy. Oh 100%. yeah, he totally 
totally watches Barstool. <laughs> he would have given. He, he just follows them because he loves them. Doesn't hate follow them. Right. <laughs> he would have given El Presidente a uh, run for his money for sure. <laughs> After Joel starts manhandling Tracy, Chris punches him right in the face and takes the keys from Joel. That was more than I thought Chris was prepared to do. Yeah, I didn't think anyone would raise their hands to Joel, yeah. right? I thought he's the alpha male. No one challenges him. Everyone just kind of cowers like, oh, what are we going to do? There, well, there's more of you than him. Just overpower him. Yeah. And you'll be Chris, fine. Chris rises to the occasion and gets sucker punched or like hit with a log at the back of the head <laughs> right yeah so we after all this we find out joel's he's kind of a bitch yeah sucker, sucker punching guys mm-hmm. yep he takes the keys from joel but when chris isn't looking joel hits chris in the back of the head with the log luckily not killing him but knocking him out and probably causing brain damage <laughs> <laughs> so then ed gets in his truck takes the feed and billy's body to the walls family house walls tries to give him money for the feed but ed tells him that he'll give it to him for free if he tells him where he can find someone Walls has no interest and said Ed sends Ed away, even after Ed tells him what happened to Billy. As Ed goes to leave, Walls's grandson stops him and tells Ed where he knows where to find the person he's looking for. So Ed tells him to get in the truck, and the kid agrees, but he says it'll only takes take Ed so far. So Steve makes it back to the cabin, and he finds that Joel has now locked Tracy and Chris in the back room and has barricaded the door closed. So Joel demands to know what he told Ed. And Steve just tells him that he told Ed that it was an accident, but Ed looked like he wanted to kill him. Meanwhile, Ed makes it as far as the Wallace kid is willing to go, and the kid hops out and then tells him where to go. So then Ed heads through the woods with with Billy's body and finds an old woman in a cabin by the name of Haggis. He brings her the body of Billy, and she tells him that she cannot raise the dead. He tries to bring her an offering, but she tells him there's nothing she can do for him. What do you think? She's some kind of good necromancer? <laughs> <laughs> well... I think movies need more of these kinds of set pieces. It's such a good layout. Like the hermit hut in the middle of the swamp. Sure. It it looks so good. And the inside of the cabin is so cool, man. You got the skulls, the dripping candles, the different bottles. It's like potions or like medicinal stuff, possibly. The, The witch looks cool. It's just... It's such a good setting. Yeah. I, I love it so much. It's one of my favorite parts of the movie. That and the pumpkin patch are the, my favorites. Yes, sure. I love that set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she tells him what he wants comes with a price. She tells him to go to a certain graveyard with a shovel and dig up something and bring it back. He'll know what to dig up when he finds it. So Ed goes out to the graveyard and finds a large, unnatural-looking mound in the middle of the graveyard covering old pumpkins. So he climbs up and he digs around until he finds a body the size of a small child. In movies, when they tell you, like, go here, you'll know when you see it. Am I the only one who feels like I would not know? Even yes. if it's super obvious. Like, you would be like, is that, I don't know if that's it. And you would just go to, like, some <laughs> random spot. Yeah. I, I'd be like, I'd take out my phone, take a picture. Like, is this it? <laughs> right, right, send it. Yeah. Oh, my God, this fucking guy again. Yeah, yeah I, do that, I do that with my wife. My wife will be like, can you go downstairs and get me this? Like, oh, this yeah. jacket, but not this jacket, this jacket. And I'll be like, all right, I completely heard what you said, but I'm still going to fuck this up. Yeah. I'll take a picture. I was like, is this the one? Yes, that's it. I, I do it all the time, man. <laughs> Especially with directions. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, go down and you'll see this building and you'll know. All right. And it's like a generic building. Like, <laughs> I, I guess that's it. I'm going to go there. With this set piece, it is pretty obvious. But even in my head, I'm like, I I don't know. I mean, that just could be there just by accident. Yeah. That might not be what I need. I'm going to keep looking and I'd be gone. (laughs) You would not, you would never see me again. 
I'm assuming that the really unexplained thing is that the witch or whatever we're calling her knows that he knows the legend. So Maybe, he would yeah. know what to look for out there. I think what they didn't get across well is that she like read minds is probably not exactly what I'm looking for, but she like knows his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tells her his name actually. Oh, he does. Oh, I thought she just started saying it. Okay. And then that completely wipes out most of my thought for that <laughs> Your theory. But he he yeah. does he does tell her that he's heard like legends. Okay. Like, that's so. why he's there because he's heard things since he was a boy about her okay. ability to do whatever. So I'm would've... right back in. <laughs> I would have loved if there was like a, a cut, like all right, you, you'll know when you see it, and he kind of goes out for a little bit, and then cuts back. He comes, he comes back with the shovel. Can you be more specific, please? I have no <laughs> idea what I'm looking for. I'm like, oh, all right, go to the pumpkin patch. There's this big mound of fucking dirt. You'll, you'll see it. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. thank you. Or there's like pumpkin this... patch is that? <laughs> or there's like a huge like headstone. It's like, oh, that must be it. He gets like three feet down, and then he sees like the the mound. So it's like she probably meant that, didn't she? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> He goes to the graveyard and finds an unnatural-looking man in the middle of the graveyard covered in old pumpkins. So he digs around, finds his body, a small child. We check back in with the kids in the cabin. Tracy and Chris are still locked in the back room. Steve continues to plead with Joel to do the right thing. He even tells him he'll say it was his bike that hit the kid. Joel menacingly sits there with a rifle. <laughs> and I love how Tracy threatens castration on Joel. Yeah. <laughs> like, casually. Like, when we get out of here, I'm cutting his balls off or whatever she said. Yeah. The the one girl who's just sitting there the entire time. Maggie. Yeah. The religious oh. girl. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible <laughs> character. I hope they didn't tell her to do that. <laughs> you hope that she was ad-libbing it? <laughs> no, and other way around. I hope that she wasn't ad-libbing it. Like, that's <laughs> what they told her to do. Because that, that's so bad. It's, it's such a throwaway character. There is probably too, too many characters. Like, kids in it just because they haven't given everybody like even joel's girlfriend is completely useless right yeah they're just like cannon fodder essentially Mm -hmm. but yeah she she's just supposed to be he's cool and so he would have the hot girl yeah car with them but honestly if she's not going to show her boobs in her she is completely pointless in it and i don't mean that as like like that's that's really that's really that's really that role right yeah they're supposed to be the like impossibly cool couple yeah. who have been doing it forever. Yeah. And they just, you know, they're wild and free essentially. Yeah. They would, if it, this was an R rated movie, they would have fucked in like the out, like the bathroom of the general store while everybody else was doing like getting supplies. Yeah. Essentially. Or like as soon <laughs> as they get to the, the cabin, right. they would have been doing it. But like, once you take that away, it's like, okay, though she's just standing around. That's all right. <laughs> it's just, just essentially you're just waiting to die. Yeah, they're just there to up the, the body. Camp. Right. Ed brings the dug up body back to Haggis and she does a ritual. She takes blood from Ed and Billy and then pours it in with some hot water into the mouth of the corpse. And the corpse starts to move and Ed passes out. When he awakens, Haggis tells him that he could go now. It is complete. And the, what's done is done is, I think, essentially what she says. You're still here. <laughs> get out of my hut. Hey, buddy, wake up. <laughs> All right, you got to go. You got to get out of here. <laughs> so he drives off and has a vision of his son waking up asking him what did he do and then at the cabin maggie walks off outside steve goes after her telling joel he has to do the right thing and he's got to do it now so steve goes outside and talks with maggie and tries to calm her down 
And then meanwhile, Ed goes to talk to his wife's grave. And I think I missed this. He's is he about to bury Billy there? Yes. Because he has a shovel. Yeah. And then he like passes out. Because uh, right, that's when Pumpkinhead starts that's his. He, that's when he takes Steve. Yeah. Yep. So he goes to his wife's grave and tells her what he did and what happened to Billy. Steve gets picked up and dropped by Pumpkinhead as Maggie looks on horrified. And Ed has a psychic connection to Pumpkinhead and sees what's going on. And back at the cabin, Maggie comes running back into the cabin to tell everyone that something has happened to Steve. And Joel and Chris get shotguns and go out searching for him. At this point, Chris and Tracy have been let out of the back room. So they find some of his bloody clothes, but no Steve. So they run back into the cabin. And then Maggie then... This is a very repetitive moment. It was like, they go out of the cabin, they come back in. They go out and they come back in. Uh, So then Maggie runs out of the cabin now. And Pumpkinhead drops Steve right on the porch and then grabs Maggie instead. And Pumpkinhead is a big fan of just grabbing you and taking you up into the trees. (laughs) Yeah. That's like his go-to move. He gets a little creative, but... He's got that. That's his like main. That's his go-to. Right. He's yeah, like and... the demonic Batman. Yeah. <laughs> I just love the fact that the kids all react as though we would react. Like there's no like rush to grab her to pull her down. <laughs> right. It's just like, oh shit, what the hell is that? <laughs> like that's yeah. how we would all legitimately react in that situation. <laughs> I feel like that's what you guys would do to me. Like, oh no, he got oh, Dan. Oh, he got Dan. Oh well. We should have grabbed him. Ah. Uh... Uh... Oh well. You don't you don't see me because I have my camera on. I'm like lightly reaching out. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry. It just, it just like alligator arms me. Yeah. Uh, oh damn. Oh, I, you, you guys saw I tried, right? It, it, it's like oh, one yeah, of those yeah. comics that I saw of the people eating out with an alligator, and he's like, "Oh guys, I get the check, but exactly, yeah. Like, oh, I I would have helped Dan, but uh, my arm, you know. Sorry, you Dan." Well. <laughs> Pumpkinhead is just like uh, for insurance purposes, it's gravity that kills you. <laughs> right. right, it wasn't me. It was not me. <laughs> she shouldn't have been climbing the tree. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Should have held I was on. They're trying to save him. Right. Then Maggie goes running out of the house, and meanwhile Ed is having visions of all of this. So Ed goes back to Haggis and tells her she needs to call it off because he's feeling all of it and he doesn't want it to happen this way. She tells him that there's nothing she can do and he says he'll stop it. Uh, he'll kill it. And she tells him he'll die. And he'll like, I'll die. I'll die. That's my favorite he, line reading for Hendrickson. He's such a great actor in this. He over, he overacts a few scenes, but it, I mean, it's so good. Yeah. That's my favorite line reading for yeah. him. Well, <laughs> it's, it, it's also such a, like such a quick turn of a character, right? Yeah, I want to kill these assholes. Oh my God, I made a huge mistake. <laughs> it happens in like a scene. Yeah. What's unclear is it is it just be, because he's feeling it? Like he like because not only is it psychic, he's also feeling the adverse effect, effects of it. So is it is like is it morals or like oh man, I really wish I hadn't just sick this thing on his kids. Like or is it I I wanted him to kill it, but I didn't want to have any repercussions. <laughs> right. And essentially, that's kind of. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Like, man, I if I had known I would feel it, I probably wouldn't have done it. And and that makes you even worse of a person. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I didn't know I was going to have any problems. I thought it was just going to be them. So back at the cabin, Steve has died, and Pumpkinhead pushes Maggie's head through a window. That's a cool Maggie. kill. Yeah. Right, it's pretty like, creepy when he smushes her face against the glass. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, he's just, like he's very ever-present, which is kind of cool. It's yeah. just something you don't usually see. Yes. Yeah, he's exactly where he needs to be at the right time. Mm -hmm. So Kim faints, so Joel grabs a machete, 
and goes outside and screams out for Pumpkinhead to take him, but Pumpkinhead's nowhere to be found until Joel heads back inside and comes face to face with Pumpkinhead, who's about to grab Kim. Joel tries to attack Pumpkinhead with a machete, but Pumpkinhead grabs his arm and tosses him away, taking Kim outside with him. Joel goes outside, and Chris and Tracy find him, so they go looking for Kim. They find her about 50 feet up in a tree with Pumpkinhead, <laughs> and then just drops her onto a large rock, killing her. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> solid. It's, it's a solid kill. It's just efficient. Yeah. There was, like, there, there was a slight moment where I thought Joel was going to catch her. Yeah, he wasn't <laughs> That would have ruined everything. <laughs> yeah. Right. I was like, fun. no, come on, let her, let her hit the ground. Again, she just serves her purpose of dying. Yeah, he wasn't even fucking close. He was like 40 feet away from her still. <laughs> because he does go for he does He does run. He does dash for her. Like, oh no, I'm coming. And then just splat. It's like, oh. Must not have loved her that much. Yeah. Like, oh, I wonder man. if it's like, oh, I think that thing just kind of did me a favor. going to break up with her anyway. Oh no. Right, right. Oh, pumpkinhead, oh, no, you bastard. I, you oh. evil son of a bitch. <laughs> Meanwhile, it, I was like, yes. Pumpkinhead's just efficient. It's like no foreplay. It's like I'm just gonna take you to this tall ass tree and just drop your ass on this rock. Right. He he's working with what he has around him. Like he could probably just snap your neck off. You right. know? He's got yeah. those big old claws, but he's like, eh, this is more theatrical. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, he has a taste yeah. for the theatrical. Yeah, Pumpkinhead was definitely a, a theater kid. Yeah, it's like <laughs> look, look, I'm King Kong, guys. Watch. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Whoops, Butterfingers. Sorry. <laughs> Do you think he, he should have done the? Uh, he should have done some classic one-liners. Have a nice fall. <laughs> then they go off into the woods looking for help. Ed shows up at the cabin, shotgun in hand, and finds Steve's body. But meanwhile, the kids are nowhere to be found because they're off in the woods. They find a cabin, knock on the door for help, but there's no answer. They come across a truck that they're about to try and steal, but the owner fires a warning shot and tells them to leave. They ask him for his help, but he says he can't because they're marked. At that moment, when he says they're marked, Pumpkinhead shows up and the farmer runs off. How did he know they were marked? Uh, that's a good question. Word gets around quick there in a yeah. population of eight. <laughs> right. Three miles away from civilization, from your next your next door neighbor, but, you know. They send carrier pigeons. Yeah. Hey, just want to let you know. Coming. I summoned Pumpkinhead. Stay indoors. <laughs> Signed, Ed. Just an FYI. <laughs> oh, HOA thanks, newsletter. <laughs> oh, that Ed. He's so Don't thoughtful. Forget. I forgot the next meeting is 7.30 on Tuesday. <laughs> Half off produce at my shop. <laughs> so Pumpkinhead is about to attack, but a shot rings out, and it's Ed Harley with his shotgun. Fires a few shots on Pumpkinhead, and it falls down. So Joel goes up to it and fires a few more shots into it and declares it dead. So then Pumpkinhead immediately grabs Joel by the foot, knocks him down, then gets up, grabs Joel's rifle, and impales him on it through the gut. Another efficient kill. That was a pretty cool one. Yeah. And Tracy and Chris run off. So Ed starts vibing with Pumpkinhead pretty hard, psychically. The farmer's dog attacks Ed, and Pumpkinhead acts accordingly as if he got attacked by the dog. So at this point, you kind of realize there's something going on one-to-one with these dudes pumpkin headed ed harley also the pumpkin head is increasingly looking more and more like lance hendricks in every scene <laughs> i noticed that too right yeah it, i think that's on purpose yes okay. because ed is becoming less of ed and more pumpkin head at every scene he becomes like he they psychically link more and more yeah it's time. almost like a morph yeah yeah okay so they run off, and Chris and Tracy knock on Wallace's door and go ignored. But Bunt, Wallace's grandkid, sneaks out and tells Chris and Tracy that he's going to try and help them. 
So he takes them to an abandoned church. This is where he explains sort of the lore of the town and kind of of Pumpkinhead and the whole situation. They tell him that they accidentally killed Billy. So Bunt basically puts it all together because he knows that Ed took Billy to, to find the witch. And then Pumpkinhead shows up. So they run off. Chris asks Bunt to take them to where they parked their car. And then Ed knocks on Wallace's door and Wallace tells Harley to leave his kin out of this. Kin. That's a word that's not used anymore. I know. I also use holler, which I'm a very big fan of the word holler. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's again, you don't you don't hear these things anymore. Yeah. These we should bring these back. I don't mean holler as in like yell, I mean holler as in like a point of reference. I love holler. I I hope one day that I live near a holler. I could say that. Oh, I'm, a, I'm over by the holler. Now, is that after you ride the rails? Yeah, I would think so. Okay, to get to that. The holler, yeah. Okay, gotcha. You just pick up, you know, with my bindle, ride the rails, find myself a holler and settle down. <laughs> get some hogs. Get some... <laughs> just be perpetually dirty. Yes. That's the life for you, dude. Yeah. I, I, I want to be like that. Wallace. I want to be like Wallace. Got nine kids in a bedroom, sharing a right. bed. You could tell. You could introduce. <laughs> right. You introduce people to your kin. Yeah. You know, this here's my kin. <laughs> Little Anthony, Big Anthony. <laughs> That's the life, man. That is a good life. You could stop by when you're riding around in your ice cream truck. Uh, my '70s ice cream truck. <laughs> you know, I do, I still do get some hair in the back of my head. I could grow a sick ponytail, maybe. Grow it out, man. I'll wear nice my vest. Skullet. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. I want to um, achieve maximum creepiness. <laughs> maximum Reg. <laughs> maximum Reg. <laughs> Easily the creepiest character ever put to film. He only showed up for four more Phantasm movies. Oh, he knew where his bread was buttered, man. <laughs> he uh, got to hitch his wagon to that star. <laughs> Chris, Tracy, and Bunt make it to their truck. But it's already been destroyed by Pumpkinhead. So Chris tries to jump on one of the bikes, but Pumpkinhead has torn off the chain, then picks up the bike with Chris on it and tosses him into a ditch. What a weird <laughs> thing for the for Pumpkinhead to do, like knowing what a bike chain does. Yeah. Like, oh, you need looking for this. Yeah, it's a little. It, that's the. It's not quite consistent. No, he's a mechanic all of a sudden. <laughs> Everyone around us doesn't know what a motorcycle is, but I do. <laughs> right. I've never once seen any of these things, but I know exactly what this does <laughs> and how important it is to this object. It makes this thing go vroom vroom. So Bunt takes Tracy and they run off into the woods and they run directly into Ed Harley, who shows up. So Ed takes them to his truck and they drive off and he takes them to their his house. Ed takes Bunt and Tracy to his house and he prepares for his final showdown with Pumpkinhead including getting a goddamn flamethrower this is so he might introduce us in in the beginning just because Chekhov's gone basically you know it really doesn't wind up doing anything though right no. he immediately takes it off yeah because he's possessed essentially yeah. but i think at the end the girl uses it tracy uses right. it i think yeah yeah i thought she should have burned both bodies but right but i guess you you can't do that to lance henriksen Right. You gotta, you gotta see him as long as you possibly can. And, I mean, if, she, and if they did that, there couldn't be a sequel. Is yeah. he in the sequel? I don't know. I'm just making a joke. Oh, I don't okay. Know there gotcha. was a sequel. <laughs> oh, yeah. There I mean, are three sequels. Yeah. At the same time, there is a difference between burning Pumpkinhead and burning the man that you just shot, too. <laughs> True. Eth- ethically. <laughs> not realizing that somebody's gonna bury him back in the pumpkin patch, you know. 
Right. Yeah, they don't know how that works. You don't burn the body of the guy who you shot. No witnesses. Yeah. I mean, that is that is another thing. That is destroying evidence in a in a capital <laughs> offense case. I probably shouldn't burn the body of <laughs> of, of the demon guy, of this guy. Now, now Tracy is serving thirty years. Right. You, we, you keep saying that a demon murdered all these people, yet there's no bodies. <laughs> and you admit you were the one that shot him. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, he told me to do it. Right. <laughs> I've known Ed Harley for 45 years. He never kill, wanted to kill himself. And you murdered his son, but didn't tell anyone about it. Sure. Yeah, the, the, the evidence is, is very damning. <laughs> Joel, you say, killed him, but I don't see any Joel here. Sheriff says he hasn't had Joel in his cell ever either. <laughs> Where are the bodies? <laughs> oh man, Tracy's in jail for a long time. Where she deserves to be, by the way. Oh. I, I don't know if that's true at all. I mean, we don't know anything about her. You take a life, you should at least see a day in court. I even agree if you... with that. Yeah, well, she's she's also got all those souls captured on her camera, so. That's true. Right. She goes to jail for that, not for the murder. <laughs> yeah, I see you have this <laughs> satanic device here. Exhibit A, Your Honor. This trap soul, soul capturing device. <laughs> now I'm just a simple Southern lawyer. <laughs> I love this town. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're off the grid essentially. Yeah. So wind inside the house picks up and Ed starts to lose consciousness and Gypsy starts growling at him. Then Pumpkinhead shows up and pulls Bunt out of a closet. So Ed's eyes go white as the psychic connection grows and becomes more Pumpkinhead than Ed. So Ed starts to head out of his barn, but then gets caught on a pitchfork, that, which then breaks the connection with Pumpkinhead. So Ed figures out how to stop Pumpkinhead and shuffles over to his truck, grabs a gun out of the glove compartment, and puts a bullet into his own head. Pumpkinhead collapses, as, as does Ed, but then they both wake up. Ed's not quite dead. And they both. Pumpkinhead grabs Chris, who is somehow still alive, and gets ready to kill him. So Tracy picks up a gun and then shoots Ed again, and Pumpkinhead dies, and then she sets fire to Pumpkinhead. And then they go away, and then Haggis is then seen burying a body back where Ed found Pumpkinhead. It's wearing the necklace Billy made, so the assumption is that Ed is now the new Pumpkinhead. Then we cut the credits. That's the end of the movie. Pumpkinhead. It's a lot of fun. It's a solid movie. It's a breezy an hour and 30 minutes. Gets oh, right yeah. into it. Picks up, and for another 60 minutes, it, it tells a nice, tight story. Right, and most of the time, especially with horror movies leading up to it, obviously with, uh, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, and Friday the 13th, the killers were all out for revenge. But here, the killer is not necessarily out for revenge. It's the father who's out for revenge. You You get a different spin on the whole revenge killing where it's essentially the hero accidentally brings this evil into the world for revenge and kind of goes back on it you never really got that in any other horror movie like you said it's a tight story it's well acted obviously it's a little corny at times and a little over overacting here and there but everyone's so solid in this movie for the most part joel's an asshole ed harley is a very sympathetic character Mm -hmm. Played very well by Lance Henriksen. Everyone does their part in this movie, and the kills are pretty creative. Pumpkinhead looks great. The set pieces are phenomenal. I would definitely recommend, as Anthony said, this is a perfect beginner's horror movie. Mm -hmm. it, it's rated R, but there's hardly any cursing in it. There's yeah. no nudity, very nope. little blood. 
and it's it's a good movie to get you know i'm not saying parents go show your 10 year old this movie right now but you know if you deem it necessary if you if you're cool with it i think it's a good start yeah like one of my first horror movies was like a nightmare on elm street i don't remember five or something or like jason goes to hell was one of the early ones like those are much more intense than this movie this movie is safe for an 11 or 12 year old i'm surprised it's an r because there's not much i feel like they could have gotten away with a pg-13 if they probably like brought the swearing down i guess i don't even remember it being that filthy of a i mean i guess no. it, like so, is it the i guess it's the it's kind of violent but it's not like super violent no you know like again no one's head is being ripped off no one's being disemboweled no there's no guts in it i, mean, I, think, I think the most violent death is isn't joel like don't they show like the gun through him or whatever yeah, yeah. and, and it's no, not even no blood that, not even very bloody right it's not even that graphic it's very surprising. Yeah. Just thinking about it, I was surprised that it's an R. I probably feel, I probably wrote that in my article when I wrote it about it three years ago, too. This movie, it will serve its purpose. Uh, I think it should be more well known in terms of 80s horror movies. And maybe that's why it kind of hit cult status. It wasn't super over the top gory or anything like that. Yeah, man, I like this movie a lot. I'm, I'm glad that my wife picked it. And yeah, go see this movie. Is there anything you would do to make it better? Yeah, like I said, I kind of wish Joel would have been one of the last surviving people just to kind of see the rest of his friends die. I feel like that's more of a... It's a better revenge, right? And If you're like midway through killed, because then the other people kind of have to suffer and they really didn't do anything. They were just bystanders. Yeah, even if Joel gets killed as she's figuring out how to solve the situation. Right. I agree. I think that would have been better. And he dies a pretty gruesome way i like the way he he gets impaled by the shotgun yeah because he has one final moment of arrogance yeah that's very true i also feel like the ending was a little anticlimactic in a way where he just kind of offs himself i don't know how i would have ended it though maybe a little battle between ed and pumpkinhead where maybe pumpkinhead's trying to stop him from killing himself maybe tracy does have to kind of pull the trigger on the flamethrower or whatever like he's in the grasp of Pumpkinhead, and Tracy just kind of has to do that. She doesn't want to kill him, but mm-hmm. she does it anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, man, I, I mean, I love the way this movie looks. It's super creepy. The atmosphere is awesome. Uh, you don't get these kind of movies that anymore. It's cool with me. Yeah, the only thing I would change is what we had talked about earlier, is maybe cut out one or two of the teenagers or young adults in this movie. And maybe stretch out the deaths a little bit more. You don't make them as rapid fire as they are in the beginning when they mm-hmm. can start dying. Having two less people would allow you to spread it out a little bit more. Maybe the brother goes missing and they're searching for him for longer than they actually do. Sort of thing. That's about all I would change. Is Everything else about this movie is great. I'm glad I watched it. It's one thing I don't like in some of these slashers movies is when it starts becoming rapid fire. Because you don't have time to watch the characters and maybe it was just this movie is i wanted to watch joel suffer a little bit more as the people around him are dying because of him but you don't have time for them to react maybe that's just me like i want to see them trying to think it through and figure out what's going on or how to escape it while they're getting picked off one by one yeah um, let it breathe a little bit yeah and this isn't even i know the bit about me wanting movies to be longer i'm not even saying that it's just <laughs> like even keep the same length cut down a little bit more of that 
backwards stuff in this, you know, keep the same length or shorter, but just let the the horror part of this, the killing spree part, breathe a little bit. Okay. I love this movie too. I don't know what I would do to make it better. I think I think two of the characters are a little superfluous, so you could probably get them out of there. I feel like they could have tried to make this PG-13 to kind of make that that kind of stepstone into into horror for kids 12 13 years old but i feel like it should be that like like it feels like this should be that that movie already i don't know what i would cut so i really can't say that because i think this should be a pg-13 already other than that or you go full r but i don't want this movie to be an r rating i I like the fact that this is a yeah this is basically a borderline pg-13 movie so that's what i was gonna say this movie shows that you can have an effective horror movie and not be rated R. A lot of horror yes. movies today 100%. suffer from a PG-13 rating. Sure. Like you know you're not really going to get quality scares or quality death scenes in horror mm-hmm. movies today. Again, unless you get like The Conjuring rated R. Like Paranormal Activity was rated R, I believe. That was a pretty good horror movie. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of few and far between okay. because obviously they want they want the general audience to come in and see it. But yeah, this movie exemplifies you don't really need the gore to be an effective monster movie yeah, yeah. the only thing i was thinking of with the rating is and remind me um when he does the shoot himself thing is there a shot of him actually putting the gun to his head because that could have been something they knocked it for so to make it arm. when he when he pulls the trigger he pulls the trigger off screen okay. but he does put it he puts the gun to his temple and they cut away and then you hear the gunshot I could see somebody on that council maybe, you know, saying they don't want teenagers to see that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, it's a PG-13 was very new compared to the other ratings at that point. Yeah, there's always those kind of like weird rules within rating systems of things you can and can't show. Like yeah. it was like The Walking Dead, you could shoot zombies in the head all you want, but you couldn't shoot a a human in the head, stuff like that. It's like just so arbitrary. Yeah. It's even like cartoons. Yeah. You can't show bullets. It has to be lasers. Yeah. Oh, what was that? G.I. Joe? G.I. Joe, X-Men, Spider-Man. Yeah. I think I think Batman the Animated Series had bullets, though, regardless. But yeah, like Wolverine couldn't use his claws on anyone but robots. <laughs> so he was essentially useless. Yeah, that's. I think that's going to wrap it up. You guys got any final words before we go into our plugs? No, I, like I said... I hope this podcast gives you reason to watch this movie. And if you watch it, I hope you enjoy it. I agree with Dan. Um, yeah, almost exactly. Just I hope, you know, even if you've seen this movie, maybe listening to us talk about it and just makes you go, hey, maybe I should show my friends or my family this, not just keep it to myself. Because, yes, I do agree with Ant that it should be more, or I forget which one of you said it, this movie should be more well-known than it actually is and maybe listening to us because you were like oh i remember that movie maybe spurs that maybe we can have a thing where this podcast like randomly they announce tomorrow that they're making a blu-ray version of pumpkin head if that doesn't already exist mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially go for the stan winston uh creature and the atmosphere you stay for the shirtless lance henriksen exactly sexy lance henriksen yeah all right guys want to plug your shit yeah, real quick, Twitter, at the Aquino 122 Follow me there. Follow our 
Real Play D&D podcast at Stranger Damies on Twitter and Instagram. Come chat with us, and, and that's it. We'll talk horror movies. Our other two podcasts, Stranger Damies, is our D&D podcast that airs every Wednesday. I believe the one coming up before this one will be the last regular episode, or at least part of the last regular session before we get into our spooky D&D stuff. It should be really exciting as we lead into Extra Life. And then we have our video game podcast that airs every other Monday. So we just had an episode next week. So be on the lookout for that. And then we have our Extra Life, which is our charity 24-hour marathon where we raise money for the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. That is November 7th, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to uh, check in. We do D&D in the morning, and then we play video games basically the whole rest of the day. Multiplayer, we'll do some Jackbox just anything we take suggestions if you can't donate anything feel free to talk and chat just being there with us is cool or at least just signal boosting it would be awesome remember once the page goes live or you see it live you can donate from that point until december 31st of 2020 so don't feel like you need to donate the day of the stream you can do it beforehand or after we will make sure that you get a shout out either on the uh, the marathon stream or our subsequent streams over on Game Vault Pod on Twitch, which is where the marathon will be and where we stream about three or four days a week. We do Wednesday, Thursday, usually Friday or Saturday, Sunday, and then every other Monday. So be on the lookout for all that. Like, share, and subscribe for all that stuff. Um, and uh, Extra Life's almost here, guys. Okay. Will the page be up, the donation page be up by the time this goes up? Yes. Yeah. Good to know. So take a look at that. Yeah, this is going to wrap it up for us. We are They Call This a Movie. You can find us at theycallthisamovie.podbean.com and on all socials at the main Damie. You can find this podcast on all podcast streaming apps just by searching They Call This a Movie. We're themaindamie.com, and as mentioned, you can find us all social medias at the main Damie. We're also themaindamie at gmail.com if you have a uh, movie you want us to watch or whatever you want us to comment on or give us a shout out. You can hit us up the main name at gmail.com someone has suggested a movie to us via gmail and we will get to it eventually just wanted to give a shout out to that person because don't think we haven't seen it but if you are that person we'd love to know where where you're listening from because the mail was cryptic let's just say that in terms of the address so give us a give us a shout out let us know where you're where what region you're you're listening because we'd love to know. Yeah. If it was a spam email, it was incredibly specific. Yes. But maybe it's one of our Latvian friends, because we're we're getting a lot of hits in Latvia. So if you're Huge one of them. In Latvia. Just, and the Isle of Man, if you're our Isle of Man listener, thumbs up. We're, we see you. <laughs> but we are also members of Geek Vibes Nation. You could check them out at gvnation.com on an all social medias just by looking Geek Vibes Nation. They have tons of great shows, us, obviously, as well as uh, Tia's show, Seen and Nerd, Gunning the Sacred Cow, a bunch of other ones. I always kind of say that I never remember them because I never remember them. But there's a whole bunch of great shows, something for everyone. If you're into geek stuff, there's probably something there for you. That's going to wrap this up this week. I'm at, I am Anthony Delvecchio. You can find me at AntDelvec on Twitter. And this week, our director was Stan Winston. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Delvecchio telling Stan Winston, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? Mm-hmm.